Hello and welcome to the Pleasure Collective podcast. This podcast will help you to create a desire-driven, pleasure-led life, uncover the absolute gold that exists in your motherhood experience, and create synergy in blending motherhood and business. I'm your host, Regan Fig, wife and mama to three little wildlings, author of A Mother's Pleasure, and coach and mentor to women who want to create what they desire with pleasure. I'm honored to have you invest your time, energy, and attention in listening into the podcast. And I acknowledge the custodians of the land on which this podcast is recorded and produced, the Wadi Wadi people of Darawa land. Now let's dive in. Chapter 11, Through the Body. Before my marriage and three kids, a guy I had just slept with made a comment about my body. We were still in that post-climactic, euphoric pleasure bubble on a hot night midsummer. I had come out of a long-term relationship feeling liberated in more ways than one. I was feeling glorious as we lay there together, entwined and sweaty, when he looked me all over and said, You're very well proportioned. Not, you're beautiful, amazing, hot as fuck. No, well proportioned. I cringed. Did you just cringe then too? Like someone had popped the pleasure bubble with a pin, I contracted wanted to cover my well-proportioned body and run away somewhere safe. WTF, I thought. Nice one, dickhead. Last time I sleep with him. We could probably all start to slam the guy, saying what a prick he was, or how unobservant he was. I actually have a pretty short torso and really long limbs. And chances are, we've all had that conversation with our friends, hating on the asshole who didn't make nice comments about our bodies. But you know what? We probably say or have said worse to ourselves. It's likely that a lot of the critiquing and criticism our bodies have received has come from within us, potentially from unachievable patriarchal standards for beauty, but ultimately from ourselves. The harm that we've caused our bodies through criticism or other means takes us further and further from the deep connection that is available to us. If we were to have a partner that abused us, chances are we would not have a deeply connected, intimate relationship with them there'd not be good communication or support for each other. It's the same with our body. If we can honour her, connect with her, value, witness and listen to her, we will have a closely connected, intimate relationship with her, with great communication and support for each other. Our body is the portal to pleasure. If we are disconnected from our body, we are disconnected from our pleasure. If we feel unsafe in our body, we'll feel unsafe receiving pleasure. If we contract, close up, and put layers between ourselves and our body, we increase the distance between us and our pleasure. If we truly want to experience greater pleasure, we need to have greater reverence for our body. We need to foster a deeper relationship with her. We need not tell her she's well-proportioned, but bow at her feet and worship her for the goddess that she is for the life she has created, the baby she has birthed, the life she has nurtured. Now is our chance. In this chapter, we're going to explore different ways to deepen our reverence for and relationship to our body so that we can bring more pleasure into our world. If you're anything like me or the women I grew up with, you've had your fair share of body shaming, likely from others, especially from yourself. And if you're a mother, there really is a lot stacked against you. 
from the high societal expectations we feel we should meet, to the systemic abuse most have been exposed to, to the self-sacrificial story we're told to play out, to the messaging around our bodies we receive from such a young age that then often contributes to the deterioration of this relationship with our body. While we may feel soft as we enter postpartum, it can feel like there's no soft place left to land. Birthing bodies. I remember when my sister had her first baby, my niece. I was 25 and had no idea that your belly doesn't just go back to how it was pre-baby, the moment the baby comes out. That for the first few days and weeks, a mama's uterus is still making its way back to pre-baby size. How had I lived for 25 years as a female who would potentially birth children myself and not know that your belly would remain looking beautifully pregnant as it shrinks back to its pre-pregnancy size? A relative came in for her visit and, like me, obviously had no idea that was something that happened as she had exclaimed, oh my god, you still look pregnant. Everyone's reaction to her comment told me that it was not a good thing to point out or remind a mother of her postpartum body because we are expected to bounce back to our pre-baby body and if that hasn't happened, we certainly shouldn't bring awareness to it. I was very aware of this expectation particularly after giving birth for the first time. It wasn't that I was shamed or spoken to negatively about my body, it was the opposite, which conveyed the same message. Your body is here to be objectified and should be aesthetically pleasing for others' pleasure, not your own. I was a few months into motherhood when I was clinically depressed, suffering anxiety and insomnia, and had so many people congratulate me on how I was doing so well looking the way I looked when I just had a baby. Well done, you. I was even called a bitch for, in quotations, putting others to shame. It's such a weird thing to navigate. I remember feeling like it was an insult, or at least an empty, com- or at least an empty compliment, and such an insufficient summation of the magic of a birthing body. So, although I was already mentally, physically, and emotionally unwell, feeling totally depleted and defeated. I was also aware that my body was something additional that carried expectation, invited judgment, and continued on the journey of objectification. A story of reverence. What if postpartum became less about how much we scrutinize, contort, and try to mold our bodies, perhaps into what they used to be, and more about how much kindness, love, and pleasure we could give and receive from our bodies? What if our bodies were revered for what they were doing and had done in giving birth, instead of how they looked and what clothes they could fit back into? What if we went there now? What if we began to rewrite a story of reverence for our birthing bodies that surpasses the superficial and seeps into the sacred? That's the conversation I want to have. What if, instead of focusing on the way we looked, we focused on the way we loved ourselves and welcomed others to love us too? What if, instead of grabbing at folds of belly with thoughts of dissatisfaction and disgust, we held our belly safe in our hands and proclaimed our love and appreciation for it? What if, instead of looking in the mirror with critical shaming words, we gave our body a mental shout-out instead? Hey, gorgeous. What if, instead of mourning our pre-baby breasts and deciding where they've changed for the worst, we massaged them with warming oils and kind words? Might all that actually begin to bring some pleasure in itself? 
might it even start to mend some of the hurt that's been inflicted on her over the years from both society and ourselves? Might it help us to build a bridge back home to our bodies, where we are in such deep communion with her that we're able to listen to her and revere her? A mother's intuition. Part of the reason we might have trouble feeling anything that we want to feel, including pleasure, joy, desire, and satisfaction, is the objectification of and disconnection from our bodies at best, and distaste and distrust from our bodies at worst. What we've been diverted from as we compare and scrutinize our bodies is the knowledge that the body is our portal to pleasure, that when we are connected to our body, We are connected to source slash consciousness slash God itself. That it is the body that informs us of our boundaries, our intuition, and all of the messages that help us feel as though we are dancing through our days and beautifully navigating our nights. Whether this be the physical information we receive from her, in brackets, thumping heart and shortness of breath when we're stressed or anxious, our sympathetic nervous system activating in response to danger, our electrified full body hum and tingling yoni when we are turned on, and of brackets, or the mental information we receive as a thought, or, in quotations, mother's intuition, from the voice that says, don't take the kids to the party, they're tired and it will be a disaster, to the sense that there is something wrong with our children, even when no one else believes us. I remember the day my mother's intuition was so loud that even doctors and other hospital staff couldn't sway me. It was a week after my son's first birthday. He fell off a swing onto a rubber mat at the playground. I knew something was wrong. And even as he was wheeled through the hospital, smiling with dried up tears, loving the excitement, I honoured my intuition and pressed for an x-ray. The doctors explained how unlikely it was that he had broken anything that they were 99% sure there wasn't a fracture. Safe to say, the doctors who thought I was being an overzealous helicopter parent sheepishly apologised before declaring he had a broken leg. What does this have to do with pleasure? In my experience, the better the connection we have with our bodies, the better connection we have to our intuition and the messages our body is conveying to us. The better connection we have with our intuition and the messages our body is giving us the greater sense of ease and pleasure we can draw from our days. When we have fostered a strong relationship with our body, point one, we are more aware of what's pleasurable for us. Point two, we are conscious of our desires as they drop in. Point three, we can be informed by the physical responses of our body. Point four, we have a greater ability to heighten the sensation we feel. Point five, we have the capacity to traverse greater depths of pleasure. Point six, we can be physically present in each and every moment, which is where pleasure resides, in the now. You cannot experience pleasure outside a place of presence. Feeling the body. When I was recovering from perinatal mood disorders, I took myself to a naked yoga class. Not one's typical activity to recover from something like that, but an appropriate response for me nonetheless. After walking into the candlelit room, think soft lighting, soothing sounds and scattered rose petals, we chose a place to lie down and were were instructed to close our eyes and slowly derobe when we were ready, allowing our bodies to be felt by ourselves. 
I'd say it was probably around 20 minutes or so of just lying there. I let the soft music wash over me and felt every inch of my body, not as a performance, not to achieve anything or reach any goal, but simply to feel my body and allow my body to feel. I was giving to myself, for myself, for no other purpose than seeing what that felt like and experiencing pleasure. I came away from that night wondering why I had never offered myself the time to touch all of myself when it's available to me in every second of every day. Why hadn't I given myself the opportunity to enjoy my body, to learn what I like, to receive without any expectation of giving? I had thought I was body confident, body aware, and very connected to my body. So outside of the quick, in quotations, self-pleasure for the purpose of achieving climax, why had I never thought to receive pleasure at the altar of my body with my own hands? We have these incredible bodies with the ability to feel the full spectrum of sensations. The ability to give and receive pleasure is literally at our fingertips, on the tip of our tongue, in all of our senses. Why is this not something that is taught, modelled, spoken about, encouraged and celebrated? From that night, I became devoted to feeling my body more. Not to perform for anyone, not to reach the goal of orgasm, not to seduce anyone, not for anyone else's pleasure, but for my own. For my own healing, my own comfort, my own relationship building with my body. Sometimes it's like having a meandering cup of tea with a dear old friend. Other times, it's familiarizing myself with new landscapes of my body, feeling parts that seem to have shifted by the seasons of life. Sometimes it's the access point to layers of body shaming I thought I'd released, and I realized that I have another layer to expose and peel away. Activity 1. Exploration through self-touch. So, dear reader, I invite you to begin. Begin with this ritual of building a bridge back home to your body. Begin to feel your body and allow it to feel. Start with setting yourself a window of 5 to 10 minutes for self-touch without being goal-oriented and see what happens. See what comes up. See what is alive for you each time. See it as an exploration of parts of yourself that you had previously ignored, suppressed or numbed. Parts that are there to share themselves with you. Meet them welcome them, and allow them to show you what lies there. You might like to move these parts, thoughts, or feelings through you, as we did in our last chapter, by means of expression, through sounds, movement, crying, singing, or journaling, for example. Preparing for pleasure. Just like any relationship where there has been disconnection, there is always opportunity for repair and healing. Read on for three of the simplest, most easily accessible and most potent practices I've used and share in my programs and mentoring to bow at the altar of our body, to build deeper intimacy, foster a stronger relationship and enhance sensitization with her. To begin any or all of these, intention and process is everything. As mentioned earlier in the book, the masculine is goal-oriented while the feminine is process-oriented, so we want to move with our feminine energy for these practices. Instead of simply following the steps through to completion as a, in quotations, box ticked, move on to the next one kind of practice, I invite you to make each activity an intentional ritual 
devoted to honoring your body and your portal to pleasure. They can be brief rituals and can also take a lot of time if you have it available to you. The focus is on what is alive for you throughout the process, on generating the connection, energy and presence available to you without any need for performative or goal-oriented elements. You might find all or a combination of the following actions pleasurable and useful when opening to these rituals. They might make up a big part of the process. As you prepare to begin, point one, bring your awareness to the present moment and notice what you notice. Turn on your senses, feeling grounded in the physical 3D space you're in. Point two, ensure you feel safe in your environment and in your body. Do what you need to do to feel safe and comfortable to initiate and move through these rituals. As discussed in Chapter 9, this might include reminding yourself you're safe, bringing safe, conscious touch to your body, and focusing on steady breathing. Continue to check back in with yourself as you go. Point 3. Close your eyes, turn your focus inward, towards what's going on in your mind, your body. Consider how you're feeling physically, emotionally, mentally, energetically. Notice anything that comes up. Observe without judgment. And point four, invite some intuitive movement in to awaken your body and initiate your connection. It could be gently rolling your head to loosen a tight neck. It could be arching your spine while on hands and knees, making circles with your hips, stretching anywhere that feels tight, breathing into any areas of tension or desired focus. Activity 2. Breast Massage For better breast love and opening of your heart and radiant center, open to breast massage, either in the shower or somewhere else that feels private and safe. Spend a few minutes giving yourself a breast massage. Step 1. Make it intentional. Focus on generating love and bringing it to your breasts. Step 2. Tune into the present moment. Focus on the now. Step three, using a nourishing body wash or warming oils, intuitively cup, stroke and massage your breasts as you please. Notice what does and doesn't feel good and bring some kind words to the surface for your breasts and body. Step four, create affirmations that you can repeat regularly that feel good and not, in quotations, far-fetched. This can also be done for other parts of your body you'd like to bring love to. Activity 3. Surrender to the sun. For yoni activation and all over goddess vibes, surrender to the sun. This can be a very activating experience, edging us towards the limits of our comfort zone. Step 1. Find a spot outside to receive the full spectrum of light from the sun. Place some rugs, cushions or pillows down for comfort. Step 2. Take a few deep breaths. Imagine breathing life into your yoni. Turn your focus inward and invite some movement. Step 3. When you're ready, slowly remove your pants and underwear. Step 4. Lie with full exposure on your yoni. Step 5. Consciously invite an energy of relaxation. Take conscious breaths, directing focus to your yoni. And be sure not to burn yourself. Start with less than 2 minutes to begin with. Activity 4. Seduce yourself. 
This is going to help you feel empowered to realize that you have the greatest effect when it comes to feeling loved and turned on, whether that be erotically or for life in general. If you practice this more than once, and I invite you to, it's likely you'll go on a deeper journey into loving yourself each time and discovering more pleasure on the other side of this activity, even if not-so-pleasurable feelings arise. Step 1. Create a private space and time for yourself in front of a mirror, maybe with candles or dim lighting, rugs and cushions. Play some music that feels seductive to your ears and feels good to move to. Step 2. Receive yourself in front of the mirror as you take your time moving as you please. Slowly undress and notice anything and everything that you love about your body. Step 3. Remind yourself that you are safe. Look into your eyes and say to yourself, I love you, even if it feels hard, even if you don't feel like you believe it yet. Step 4. Bring safe, loving touch to your body if you wish. There's no rush. Slow down. Step 5. Notice any unhelpful or hurtful comments about your body that arise and offer yourself love each time. Remind yourself of what you love about your body. Step six, it's just you alone with your beautiful body. Be kind, go gently, take your time, do what feels safe and loving for you. Step seven, once you feel complete or your available time is up, literally hug yourself and say, I love you one last time before redressing or not redressing. And step eight, remember all of the things that you love about yourself and write them down to remind yourself through your days. Quote, our body is the portal to pleasure. All right, my love, before I wrap up this episode, listen in because I have an epic freebie coming in January. It's called The Motherload, and it's all about uncovering the absolute gold that already exists in your motherhood experience. It's a week-long journey live with me to strike gold in motherhood, not by getting lucky, not by trying harder or getting more organized, not by changing your children's behavior or your personal circumstances. We uncover the gold that's already there for you to feel alive and lighter and soothed and in total reverence of the riches in your life. It's completely free and you'll leave with tangible treasure finding skills and practical, simple strategies. Make sure you go to the show notes for the sign up link. Again, it's completely free and you're invited. It's been my pleasure to offer my book to you in a really accessible way. If you're loving the podcast and audiobook episodes, please do me a massive favor and share it with a friend or on your socials and leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. You can also order a have-in-your-hands copy from any good bookstores or your favorite bookselling online retailer. In pleasure. Bye for now.